You're listening to the Party Girl Podcast with Chelsea Curtis, episode 53. In today's episode, I just wanted to do a little recap of church yesterday. So for those of you who don't know, I am a Latter-day Saint, and what that means is, I guess we, formerly our religion, we used to call ourselves Mormons, and we kind of went through this religious rebrand, if you will, and the prophet of our church, who's kind of like the leader, um, or the like, kind of like the pope of our church, I guess is what I meant to say, he's the leader of our church, he told us that he wanted us to focus more on our official name, which is the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. And so my whole life, I've referred to myself as a Mormon. I feel like there's even been times where I put that as my Facebook profile picture. I am a Mormon, but it really is a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. And I think there's a big misconception, especially with people who are not familiar with the religion that think that it's its own religion and that we're not Christian, and I absolutely am Christian. I believe in Christ, and I'm so grateful every day to have a relationship with my Heavenly Father and Jesus, my Savior. And so anyway, I was at church yesterday, and I was sitting in a lesson for women. And it's kind of funny because when I had Jade, I remember my doctor sitting me down because she was in the NICU and saying, now, you're not going to want to take your baby to church for at least six months because church and school are two of the dirtiest places where kids can get sick and, you know, there's just a lot of germs there. And so I kind of have this thing where with Sterling, even though he's been fine, we took him home from the hospital literally 20 hours, like 25 hours after we had him. And I just have this thing where I like don't like to bring him to church. And if I do, I don't like to get him out. Um, I'm sure I'll get over it. I'm sure it's fine. But yes, I agree that church is full of germs and little babies who are still building their immune systems. It's hard for them to go. So where I'm going with this is like sometimes I don't stay for both hours of church and I go home, not to mention that like it's right in the middle of his nap time. So I kind of use that as a crutch as well. It is what it is. Um, and so my whole life, I've actually, this is a really hard, can you tell I'm like rambling? This is a really hard thing for me to talk about. So my whole life, I was raised as a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. I was baptized when I was eight years old. And um, I think growing up, my parents wanted to do the best they could. And so they encouraged us to go to church. And when I say encouraged, I really mean forced. Like if I didn't want to go, if I felt sick, if I was, unless I was literally throwing up, um, visibly sick, I don't have very many memories of missing church. My parents were super consistent with their attendance and they required us to be super consistent. And so of course, as a teenager, like when I didn't want to go to things like um, the church youth programs or whatever, um, I was kind of forced to go. And not just that, but uh, my upbringing was kind of strict. And so it ended up being the only time I could hang out with friends. I had one friend, Kendra, my best friend growing up. I was allowed to hang out with her um, at her house or at my house, but I wasn't allowed to really have anybody else over. If they weren't from church, they weren't allowed to come over. And if they weren't from church, I wasn't allowed to go over to their house. And so it was kind of a hard thing for me. So when I went, grew up and went to college, um, I kind of started, you know, going back to 
my roots of like, okay, on Sundays we go to church. Well, in college you have roommates and roommates do different things. And so it didn't take very long for me to decide that going to church was a lot of work. And not just that, but if you've ever lived in Provo, Utah, where you're part of a a ward or a church group, usually something like Provo 229th Ward, which I think mine was something like that, you are just a number. And there's so many students there that they use the BYU University auditoriums to have church. So there are so many kids, there's not enough callings, not enough obligations or responsibilities to make sure everyone is involved. And so it was very easy to just slip through the cracks and not go because no one really noticed if somebody was missing because there were so many people and it was so transient. And so um, fast forward, I decided that I enjoyed going to church and the person that it made me want to be um, more than I enjoyed not going. And so I've decided for my life that going to church is something that I want. And I try to model that for my daughter. And it's really interesting because she's only six years old. And there are days where she says like, I don't want to go to church. And I can feel that same pull that my parents had of like, well, you don't have a choice. Like we're going. And I wonder, I mean, she's six years old. So obviously for obvious reasons, I can't leave her home alone. But when she's older, maybe when she's 12 or when she's 14 and she says the same thing, am I going to feel the same way? Like, well, that's your choice. You need to decide what is good for you. Like, I don't want to force you into something and what kind of repercussions that'll have either way. You know what I mean? Just some certain personalities. You just never know. So for myself, um, I married my husband and He's always been super supportive. Like even throughout our marriage, I've had times where not that ever, not that I ever didn't believe in Christ or God or in Christianity, in my religion, um, but just that I didn't want to do the work. I find that either way, when you make a choice, if you're going to be religious, if you're going to be devout, it's a lot of work and it requires a commitment on Sundays. You have to wake up early. If you have a calling, it means that you are committing to serving. And a lot of people have a calling to minister where you'll have people on a list and you're kind of just called to check in on them and make sure that they have their needs met, that you're kind of helping to facilitate, I don't know, friendships and service if needed. And then there's also callings that you can have within the ward, whether you are teaching on Sunday, like a Sunday school, helping run the youth programs like my husband does, Or like me, if you are helping to facilitate um, events, that was one of my callings for many years was the um, Relief Society committee chairperson. I can't remember the events chairperson. Um, And my new calling recently is Compassionate Service Committee. So I help organize meals for families that are going through hardships, um, physical and mental or emotional pregnancy, anything that you would need a meal brought in, basically. That's what I help coordinate. And so as I've been going through my life and the different ups and downs of life, the different ups and downs of my ability to be devout, if you will, I've had times, months where I didn't want to do it. I didn't want to go. Um, And my husband has always been super supportive and never, ever made me feel bad about not wanting to go. Like if I chose to stay home, if I chose to just not participate, he never, ever made it a thing. I And I really appreciate that. And I feel like because of his love, genuine love, it's only helped encourage like how um, church attendance should be. And so I I worry about that because in my gut, I'm like, I know it's going to be really hard for me when one of my kids decides to use their own agency to say, I don't want to do this. I don't want to go. 
And how will I react? Will I let them have that same gracious um, gesture that was done for me by my husband, no judgment, or am I going to struggle? Okay, so now that you know (laughs) where I'm at with my religious views, get that out of the way. Sorry, that was really hard. That's That's a tough conversation just because it's sometimes it feels very isolating to to admit that you are not a hundred percent, and that you question things, that you have doubts, that you have insecurities, or that you don't feel like it. Even even if you believe it's true, that you just don't feel like doing the work because you're tired, and it's a lot of work, and it's emotionally draining, or whatever. So now we can get caught back up. I decided I was going to go to church yesterday. And I took my baby and we went to the um, the Relief Society, which is like the women's class. And in this Relief Society, um, we had a lesson all about patience. And I thought it was so fascinating because patience is, is something I know what it is, you know, waiting, patiently waiting. But what does that mean to be patient? So we actually looked it up in the dictionary. It said to wait without getting annoyed, frustrated, or angry. And I thought about that because I feel like I'm a very patient person, but I still get annoyed and frustrated. And so how to wait without anger, frustration, or getting annoyed. That is the definition of patience. So we went through all of these lists of things that we have to be patient to wait for. And then on the list, there were things like, you know, patient with not having, I guess, patience with like physical ailments, mental ailments. Some people have to be patient with waiting for children, infertility, um, debt, and things of the world and, you know, not having resources and not having enough time. And then it kind of got into the topic of like the Lord's timing and how sometimes we feel like we have this plan and we feel like whether it's our life or our spirituality, our business, whatever it may be, We have this like master plan, at least I do. And I'm like, this is the timeline that it's going to work in. And this is when it's going to happen. And sometimes I'm just utterly disappointed when it does not go according to plan. And it's so funny because I know that the whole concept of time and patience and being patient with the Lord's timing is something that we each have to kind of like come to our own terms. Like, even if you don't believe the same thing, I believe like that, that the universe has its own timetable. And sometimes the idea isn't right. It's not refined. It's not ready. And so it's not that your idea isn't going to work ever. It's just that you need to put more thought patience into however it is to execute it. And it was a good reminder that sometimes being grateful for times when we have to be patient helps us to be more compassionate, helps us to be more methodical when we go through things and helps us to be more understanding when other people are going through things. And even looking back at my journey, like being patient with myself and my process, um, maybe that's a good example and a reminder to me that I can be patient with my children or with other people, regardless of where they're at. And I feel like another aspect of patience is like being patient with other people in general, somebody that cuts you off on the freeway, somebody that snaps um, at you for no good reason, or, you know, just people taking out their own personal frustrations on other people in whatever way that manifests or whatever way that looks like. And being patient and, and just loving them anyway, and recognizing that 
even though they snapped at you, maybe you didn't deserve it. Maybe you did. It doesn't really matter, but that's not about you. And that what, what can I learn here from this person? Maybe it's that you can be more patient when you're going through things. Maybe that you needed grace one time when you snapped at somebody else or when you cut somebody else off. And so it's, it all kind of goes around full circle, but the message for today, and I, I desperately need this because I feel like I'm trying to level up my business. I've kind of been really consistent at doing the things I'm really good at doing. And as I've been getting ready to launch my course, as I've been getting ready to really scale my business, it has been so difficult and it's hard to be patient because I feel like I'm doing all the right things. I feel like I'm trying all the right avenues and I'm trying to make it as seamless and easy for myself as possible. But at the same time, I keep hitting these walls and sometimes I'll go along and it's like, everything's going great. And then there's one big thing that's not working. And why is this not working? Like it's, it's hard not to become extremely introverted and start overanalyzing every process instead of recognizing that sometimes things just happen because of timing, or maybe it's again, a sign that I need to go back to the drawing board and think of how to come at it from a new way, a better way, and to be patient and to recognize that every season in our lives is there to challenge us and to help us grow into a better person or the person we need to be. Ideally, right? I mean, there are sometimes where things have happened in my life and instead of being patient, I was bitter and angry. And every single instance where I can think of that, um, like times where I felt like, I didn't want to do the work. I didn't want to go to church. I didn't want to do service. Um, I just wanted to be angry and alone. I felt more selfish. And until I could pull out of that, until I could focus on other people, whether it was giving back or helping, you know, make donations in like church tithes, for example, or even donating my time to serve others, um, until I could do those things, I wouldn't ever progress from that, that stuck place that I felt. And so I have to just keep reminding myself that life is a series of experiences that is supposed to shape us and mold us and improve us and make us better if we allow it to. And so it doesn't mean that we can't go forward or backwards. I just, that's, that's the whole part and the whole point of life, right? Is always forwards, always backwards. You can't ever really be stagnant. You can't ever really freeze. So even if you just want to stop and say, I'm just not going to do anything, you're still getting left behind a little bit. And that's kind of a stressful, overwhelming thought in and of itself is that the world is still going to be moving forward even if you choose to stop. And so in stopping, you're actually allowing the world to move forward, which means you're going backwards. Um, And that's okay. Like everybody is in their own journey. Everyone's in their own season. And there's times where I've just said, I'm stopping right now. Imagine like an escalator that's going backwards that you're walking on backwards. And so to you almost have to run at like a, a brisk mall walker pace to catch up. Um, but if you stop, you just keep rolling backwards with the escalator. It's not like you're going in the direction and as you walk, you go double time. I feel like life is just a backwards escalator or no, a backwards, one of those walkways at the airport, you know, those ones that's like a walkway, like the moving walkway. It's like a flat surface, a moving walkway, and then sometimes it's a back backwards escalator where it's uphill and you're like, huh, 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 which is so fun. I mean, I've played that game. I'm not sure if you have where you try to go up the down escalator as fast as you can. And it's it's huffing and puffing. I feel like that's running a business right there. That should be a meme. I got to go so I can go make that a meme right now. <laughs> anyway, I just want to leave you with this this thought that it's it's going to be hard. Dreams 
the reason that they're so worth it is because they're hard. And I think as a human being, when we accomplish things that are difficult, it reassures us that we can do hard things and it feeds our soul. And so that's why serving others and helping them is so advantageous for your soul and your spirit because it helps you realize like you have a lot to be grateful for, but at the same time, it's okay to want more. It's okay to fight for more. It's okay to try for more so that you can help and serve on a bigger scale and really have true impact. Anyway, thanks for being here today. I appreciate it and I'll catch you in the next episode. 